0: Welcome to One Cause Church. We hope you enjoy this inspirational message. Let's pray and let's get into God's word today. Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you. Thank you for your word. And Lord, we pray that you would speak to us, not only by your word, but by your spirit today, Father God, that we would have ears to hear what you are saying to us in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. I want to tell you what I'm believing for in my life, and I hope maybe we can agree together and you'll believe with me. I'm believing that 2020, in this year, that some things are going to come together for you like never have come together before in your life, and I think that this is important. I'm so glad you're here because I do believe it's important that we finish 2019 very strong in the house of God, and I want to tell you why I think you need to finish strong. You need to finish strong because of what God has next for your life. And again, I just think that this year, 2020, we are going to experience what the Bible calls kairos moments. And in the year 2020, if you don't know what kairos means, it's a Greek word for time. It's a divine moment. There's going to be divine moments in my life and in your life. And kairos moments are moments that the things that God has appointed to happen unfold exactly the way that God ordained them to be. I believe that single people are going to get married. Come on, somebody. Come on, if you're single and ready to mingle, let let me lift, lift lift your hand. Come on, if you're single, come on, put your hand up. All right, you guys are all meeting right back there at the Welcome Center, right after church. Get your phones out. Come on. Let's put action to our faith. But I believe that Kairos moments are when heaven's purposes come to earth and you're going to step into moments that as you walk in God's timing, you're going to be in the right place at the right time. And this is what I love about these moments that they're divine moments. Is when they happen in your life, it's almost like you experience like this is what I was created for. This is what I was destined for. And I do believe that in 2020, you're going to see things God that he ordained for your purpose and your life are going to come together. And here's all you have to do. You have to have faith for it. You rest in his promises and let him do what he's called. I believe that those for you, Kairos moments mean that are in business, that the right business partner is just going to come in and he's going to combine himself with your business. And I'm believing that many people in this room, like myself, you're going to step into what the Bible calls your due season. Your due season. And dreams are going to become a reality in 2020 like never before. Come on, if you receive that, give the Lord a good round of applause in faith today. And so I believe it's time to start preparing for what you're praying for because we can pray and never put feet to our prayers, right? We can pray for a job, but never fill out the application, right? Come on guys. We can pray for that mate and never take a shower. But what I'm saying is like, we got to start praying and preparing for what we're praying for. And today I want to talk to you about a faith that accesses the future, faith that accesses the future. And if you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. We're going to begin reading. And we're going to look at Abraham and how he accessed the promise that God gave him. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. And the Lord had said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, your father's house, your household, to the land, I will show you. I want you to, is it possible to have a little more light? I I just can't see my notes. Um, If I could just have maybe a little more light on on the notes, I, I would appreciate it. I want you to notice something. It says here, the Lord said, and I want you to notice how many times God is saying to Abraham, I will. I will do this for you, Abraham. Look at this. He says, the Lord said to Abraham, from your country, your people, and your father's house, from your land, I will show you. He says, go from there. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And I will bless those that bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And listen to this. This is so powerful. He says, all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 77 years old, and when he, set out, when he set out from Haran. Let's look at how God operates, and let me give you four truths. Number one, God is always speaking to the level that you can live at. God is always speaking to your potential. He's always speaking to your potential, and I think this is important because he's speaking to your future. And what we need to understand that the dreams that we have, God's dreams are always bigger and better than our own dreams. The desires that we have on our own, God always, his desire is for way more than what we would even have. Because when you think about Abraham, he had a desire for a son, but God had a desire for him to oversee a nation. So sometimes our dreams are way too small and we got to get a God dream for our life. When you desire a son, God says, I want you to be the father of many nations, not just the father of one. And so sometimes we are praying too small, right? We're thinking too small. But God is always speaking to our potential. And Abraham would become the father of our faith, our faith. We talked about him this morning in the offering. And God would change his name from Abraham, which means in the Hebrew, exalted father, to Abraham, father of many. Abram, exalted father, to Abraham, the father of many. Do you remember the story of Gideon? I love when the angel of the Lord speaks to him and says, Gideon, you are a mighty warrior. He's speaking to the level that Gideon can be. And God today wants to speak into the future and to your potential. As a matter of fact, God is always speaking to your purpose. Because in truth, right? God already had your purpose before he put you here on the earth. That was already laid out. And you're going to experience that in 2020 as you walk into a Kairos moment. You're going to experience the purposes. And that's why I think so many people even now in America are so depressed because they're not living a life of purpose. They're existing instead of really living. And God is speaking today. And I'm really coming in today, stirring you up and stirring up the faith to say, listen, you are going to accomplish the purpose. You are going to accomplish the destiny that God has for you. And he's speaking this word into you. Do you receive that today? But God is always speaking to a level that you can be. Here's number two. God's word always is giving us direction. When God's word came to Abraham, and let me just put this in there because I think it's so important. I love God encounters in my life. Have of you have ever had a really good God encounter in your life? Let me see your hand. I mean, we can live off those God encounters. there's many ways that we can encounter God. I believe today in worship. We can then encounter God, is sense the presence of the God, pre- sense the presence of God, but don't discount encountering God through His word, because the Bible says right? Jesus was the word. And the Bible says that, right? The word was with God and the word was God. So when this word comes to you, it is God coming to you. So when the word came to Abraham, it not only spoke to the level that he could be, but this word gives you direction. And I just think sometimes we discount the word, but yet God is his word speaking to you. And today, as we are encountering his word, we're encountering God and we're encountering. And so God, this word comes to Abraham and it says i put in my notes number 2 that god's word gives us direction look at this genesis 12:1 which we just read the lord had said to abraham go from your country your people and your father's house now when you first read that you, if you don't understand the kingdom of god you can think that god is asking him to leave and that god wants to leave abraham at a loss really leave your family Really leave your your father? Pastor Phil, I really thought that God was all about family. I thought God was all about coming together. He is, until you look at Abraham's family. Come on, how many of you have some crazy family in your life? Let me see your hands. And here's what I've noticed. The people that aren't raising their hands, you are the crazy family. So let me try that one more time. How many of you have some crazy family in your life? Everybody's raising their hand now, or they're just like looking at the person next to them. But when you understand Abraham's family, you understand why God said to leave them. See, that country that Abraham lived in, they all worshipped idols. They all worshipped other gods. And here's the challenge. Here's the, the, the problem with idols. Idols don't have the power to perform in your life. They're false gods because that's literally what they are. We exalt them, but then when we need them to come through, they don't come through. And so that's the problem with idols. But Abraham's father worshipped idols. And Abraham's father, now I want you to listen, because we talk about Abraham, but we don't talk about his father a lot. And there's a reason why. Because God was also calling his father, Terah, to go to Canaan, to go to the promised land. But he never made it. He never made it. He never, as a matter of fact, Abraham's father worshipped idols and actually settled for a lesser life than God's best. Genesis chapter 11, verse 31 says this. Terah, who's Abraham's father. Terah took his son, Abram, and his grandson, son of Haran. Everybody say Haran. because That's going to come up in just a minute. And his, daughter, and his daughter-in-law, Sarah, and his wife and his son, Abram. Listen to these words. And together they set out. Everybody say they set out. They set out from Ur of the Chaldees to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Everybody say settled there. Tara lived 205 years, then he died in Haran. Listen to these words, he set out, got excited about his future, he had hope about his future. Yeah, he set out, then he settled, then he died. He set out, then he settled, then he died. I don't want to be that to be my legacy, ladies and gentlemen. I don't wanna be a person who set out, but then it settled, and then died. And I did some research on this, and what happened was, is that Tara had a son named Haran. Haran died. I want you to listen to this because I think this is so important. So Terah's son, Haran, died, which is Abraham's brother. And so now when Abraham comes to this city of Haran, the city that is named after his son who died, he settled there. See, because what happens a lot of times in life, I don't know if you've ever had disappointment. Anybody ever have disappointment happen in your life? We all have disappointment. I've had disappointment in my life, right? Right? And, uh, you know, this year, our, my father passed away, and uh, I've been a pastor for almost 25, 30 years now with youth ministry. I've counseled people through grief, and what's interesting is I've never gone through it myself, so I would always just use the word of God because I never really knew what it felt like to have a close family member die. But Terah's son, Haran, died. Abraham's son, Abraham's brother died. And can I just tell you, it's so easy to get caught up in grief and disappointment that disappointment becomes everything in your life. Now, I want to encourage you because I don't want to minimize these moments. It's okay to grieve. We should grieve. But you should not live a life that's grieving when we have such an incredible God, right? And so what happens is you have to deal with your disappointment. I love what Lisa Turnhurst says. I'm reading her new book. It's called, It's Not Supposed to Be This Way. But she says, what if disappointment is really the exact appointment that your soul needs to radically encounter God? See, I lost my father and I'm still like, there's still moments like I still don't know how to process this. But can I just tell you this? I loved my father, but he was not the source of my life. Jesus is the source of my life. Jesus is the one that gives me strength. He's the one that helps me through. And so in that disappointment, I found an appointment with my soul to radically hang on to Jesus. Come on, somebody. But here's the reality, is that Abraham's dad stayed in the place too long he was supposed to move. Can I encourage you? It's time for you to move on. It's time for you. Come on, 2019 is moving forward. And some of us are living in 2012 because we still haven't forgiven. We still are holding grudges. My church family, it's time to get ready for what God is going to do in your life. And I don't want you to set out, settle, and then die with the purposes of God in your life. Come on, This is a good word this morning. Pastor Charles always says this in his his new book. The temptation to surrender is sometimes disguised as the the temptation to settle. Let me say that again. The temptation to surrender is sometimes disguised as the temptation to settle. And Abraham's dad stayed in a place too long. And when we refuse to take some new steps, we end up staying in a place that we're not supposed to be in. We're not supposed to be. in. And when I read this, and I thought about how God was telling Abraham, you got to move on. Your dad is settling. Your family is settling. That really challenged me, my church family, to look at my environment, to look at the people around me. Because that I think that's really big for God to say, it's time for you to move on from your family. And I thought, wow, that means that the people around me can affect what I do and how I do it. The Bible says that if I walk with the wise, I will become wise. Let me say it this way. If all of my friends are settling in a place that they shouldn't be, I don't be surprised if you start settling yourself. If I'm hanging out with people who are constantly not coming to church, don't be surprised if my church attendance starts to dwindle. Come on, somebody. And God says, you have to move on. But see, I think it's, it's, it's subtle. We, we, settling can be so subtle because I want to look at my friends and go, who's growing in my life? Because if they're just staying stagnant, I'm going to have to move on. I love you, but I'm going to love you from a distance. I want to get around people who are passionate. Because if I walk with passionate people, I will be passionate. You know, I think sometimes when we, when we think about the house of God and coming to the house of God. And you have those moments when you get up and you're like, man, I just don't know. I just don't feel like going. That's when you need to go. When you don't feel the passion, you need to get around God's people who are passionate. And let some of that passion, come on. Rub off on you. Man, this not feel passionate. Get around some passionate people. And you'll walk out of here brave as a lion. Come on, somebody. But it, if we're not careful, it can happen subtle. subtly. Settling happens subtly, and it happens like this, I think. It starts out with this, well, you know, I, I just I don't want to do that anymore. Instead of saying, I'm willing to do that. I think it, it's so subtle. It happens like, I just cannot do that. That's true, in your own strength, you can, but with God, all things are possible. How about you try? How about you say I can? And I think what happens when we start to settling, start settling is we start choosing this life that's so easy, we stop attempting anything that's hard in our life. And so what happens is we start to just settle for what's comfortable instead of what's challenging. And I'll tell you what: you cannot grow if you're not challenged. I've been saying this last year. I think the pain of staying the same is worse than actually the pain of growth. There's going to be some change. There's going to be some hard, but here's the reality. I know a ton of people that they're in pain, but their pain is because they stayed the same and they never grew. And I'm telling you, God is calling us to grow. And here's the incredible thing about God is even though he calls us to leave certain things, he never calls us to less. He's calling us to more. Watch this. God was not saying, leave your family and I'm going to leave you alone. God was saying, leave your family because I'm going to start a whole new family through you. I'm going to start a whole nation through you. But you got to be willing to move forward. Come on, somebody. Are you there this morning? And here's why. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8 says, by faith, when called to go to a place, he would later receive his inheritance. Everybody say, my inheritance. My inheritance. My inheritance. He said it would receive his inheritance. He obeyed and he went. So watch this. God said, go, and Abraham went. Yeah. Wow. Abraham was sent, and he just said, oh, well, this is cool, I'm sent. No, he went. Right? You don't want to be, sent and not went. I know that that's not good English, but you'll remember it. Because this is what I love about Abraham, is he actually did what God asked him to do. And so it says, by faith, when he got called to go to the place he would later receive his inheritance, he obeyed and he went, even though he did not know where he was going. But I love how the Bible says in Hebrews 11 that it was his inheritance. Can I just encourage you today? You're going to have to say that to yourself. I'm going to get my inheritance, whether nobody else gets it or not, because it's my inheritance. It's mine. It's personal. And I thank God that Abraham didn't settle. And he went on. And he said, I'm going to get my inheritance. And you got to make a decision. If I go alone, I go alone. If nobody goes with me and my family settles, I'm still going to get the inheritance that God has for me. I'm going to accomplish the purpose and the destiny that God has for me, whether nobody goes with me or not. Come on, did I come to the right church? So God speaks to give you direction. I want to encourage you. I really believe that there's people in this church this morning that God has spoken to you. And it's time to go. It's time to do what he's put on your heart to do. It's time to do and have some faith that God is going to accomplish what he's told you to do. Number three, faith for the future. If we're going to accomplish and access the future that God has, faith for the future starts now. Everybody say now. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Let me just say it this way. Hope is the expectation. In this building, somebody drew plans, right? Faith, I, I hope to me is the expectation. It's the plans. It's like, man, it's the future. But here's what the Bible says about faith. Faith is the substance. That word sub in the Greek actually means under. So I like to say it this way. Faith is the cement or the foundation that constructs, right, that we can Build our hope on—it's the foundation, right? And I like to say it this way: faith. When I act on it, when I act on what I believe, it causes what I can't see to come to be. And so the faith that—and it's awesome because God's speaking to the future; He's speaking to your potential. But it's very easy to go, "Well, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool in the future. Yeah, I'll just kind of—I I'll just—I just—I just, just, just kind of sit and wait for my future." If you do that, you don't understand faith because faith says now. Now, faith is. So, watch this faith connects my now to my next. So, here's what's key you may look at what God's saying, oh, that's good, that's exciting. But then you look at your situation and you go, hmm. But faith doesn't start in the future, faith starts now to access the future that God has for you, right? And the Bible says that when Abraham looked at his own body, he got the word of God at 75 years old that he was going to have a child. And there was no Viagra. So God was going to have to do that. If you don't know what that is, don't worry. Your parents will tell you later. Come on. Sarah's plumbing wasn't working either. So it had to be God, right? So when you look at the circumstances and Abraham's looking at his body, God's going to bring a nation through a body that can't produce one son. So you're going to have to have faith now. It starts right now, right where you're at. So I gotta have faith now, and I gotta see the—I gotta see the promise, right? I gotta see that, because that faith is the connection from now till next. But Sarah got tired of waiting. If you know the story, she got impatient, and she came up with a bright idea, right? She's making out Abraham's to-do list: <laughs> dishes, Hagar. Here's my honey-do list, Abraham. He's like, okay, honey, okay, wash the dishes, okay, clean the porch, take out the trash, sleep with Hagar. Um, honey, which order of priority would you like for me to take care of this? Because, honey, I want to honor you. I want to do what you say, honey, because you're always telling me what to do. And so I want to do it. You want me to sleep with Hagar? Okay, I will. (laughs) And you know what? Oftentimes, we do what Sarah does. We get impatient. And what we do, instead of waiting, we decide to do God's will in our own way. And it doesn't work. The Bible says that we're supposed to imitate those through faith and patience. Inherit the word of God. Inherit the promises of God. Can I just tell you that God is working? He's working in the future. And sometimes you're not experiencing the promise that he's promised because he's still putting things together. And I'm telling you, I know we have this microwave mentality, but we serve a crockpot God. Some of you don't know what a crockpot is. That's all right. Google it. That's, that one's safe to Google. <laughs> and here's the great thing that I've noticed. And I've looked at in my life. Here's my, here's my responsibility. My responsibility is I'm responsible for my response to God. God is responsible for the results. Yeah. Listen, we've got to realign our focus. You are not responsible for the results of your obedience. You're just responsible to obey. I don't need to know how. I just need to know the who of God's, who he is. But see, we get focused on like, how's he gonna work this out? How is he gonna, how is he? That's none of your business. God is going to do it. Just know who he is. And if he promised it, he will bring it to pass. Come on, if you believe it, give him a good round of applause today for his promises. You know what's amazing is that God is so great that he requires faith. Without faith, it is impossible. But do you know the Bible says, as a child of God, you and I have faith. He's given every single one of us, as a child of God, a measure of faith. And this is why Jesus said, He said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, in other words, don't be concerned and overwhelmed about how much faith you have. He says, if you have faith as a mustard seed, in other words, just use the faith that you have. Right now, it'll grow. But you know what? Use the faith that you have and you can move mountains. I'm going to say this, just go a little deeper real quick. But going back to the terror story, Abraham's father. Do you know that the word Haran, he named his son, his son Name means mountaineering. Haran means mountaineering. It comes from the word mountain. So here's this father who named his son mountaineering. When I think about that word mountaineering, I think about people who are going over mountains and pioneering, but that's not what happened. They settled on a mountain. They settled. And here I thought about God's called us to move mountains, not settle on the mountain. You're supposed to be conquering the mountain not the mountain conquering you. And so he says, Jesus says, you have faith like a mustard seed, you can speak to those mountains. My church family, I don't want something that I'm supposed to conquer to conquer me. And so we're supposed to speak to the mountain. And I think if we could just use the faith that's already inside of us, we could see mountains move because faith is really putting action to what you believe. Are you glad you came to church today? Now, I got some better news. To me, it's just, I just love this. Because Romans Romans 10, 17 says this. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So every time God speaks a word to you, watch. Here comes the word of God. But when his word comes, faith comes. So the very faith, watch. The word comes, faith comes to accomplish that word. It's pregnant with, God's word is pregnant with faith. And so when I'm hearing his word, faith should be arising in our hearts right now. because Not because of my words, but because of his words. And so here's the last one for today, number four. God speaks promises to you, right? Remember, it's my promise, but look, and beyond you. See, Abraham, and we know that he accessed the faith, the future that God had for him by faith because he responded. He, the Isaac, That Isaac child was born, and Abraham was called the friend of God. But I really believe our greatest act of love to God is our obedience to him. John 14, 15 says this. If you, Jesus said, if you love me, you keep my commandments. And what we do says more about what we believe than what we say we believe. Yeah. I hear a lot of people say, I believe that. The truth is, if you believed it, you would do it. Yeah. Right? Faith with no action is not faith at all. Let me read you the scripture, Romans chapter four, verse 18. Even when there was no reason to hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing, and he kept, so he would become the father of many nations. For God said to him, that's how my descendants, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken even through uh, about a hundred years of age. He figured his body was as good as dead and so was Abraham's womb. Listen to verse 20. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, listen to these words, his faith grew stronger. Watch this. When nothing was happening, he didn't settle, his faith grew stronger. It says his faith grew stronger and in this he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. One translation says, Abraham faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. See, faith doesn't deny facts. Faith just doesn't focus on facts. It focuses on the truth of what God says, right? Let me just say what this word glory means because it says block glory to God. The word glory in the, in the Greek means this, weight. So Abraham put more weight in the promise of God than his age than his body, than his circumstance. And Abraham's faith persisted even when nothing changed. That's how you know when you have faith. You just continue to believe. And Sarah and Abraham gave birth to this son Isaac. I want to just close with this. Did you know that that promise came to Abraham, but it wasn't just for Abraham? That promise is for you and I today. That's why I said that God's promises are to you, but it's beyond you. I'm so glad that over 21 years ago, 25 years ago, when my mom went through a divorce, that she just didn't settle in bitterness. That she just didn't settle. Because listen, if she would have, I would not be here today. Because what we do as parents is leaving a legacy for our kids. How we respond is leaving a legacy for our kids. And did you know that this promise, right? You are still part of this promise. Galatians chapter 3, verse 29. Listen to this. If you are Christ, how many of you are in Christ? How many of you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Right? If you are Christ, then watch. You are Abraham's seed and you are heirs according to the promise. What is the promise? What is the promise that he's talking about? It's the promise that I will make you a great nation. I will make your name great, right? The promise is I will bless you and you will be a blessing. That promise of Abraham, if you are in Christ today, is for you. So it went beyond Abraham and now it's coming to you. You are a part of Abraham's seed. So God is going to pour out his blessing. Don't block his blessing by not being a blessing, right? But that blessing is coming to you because the promise isn't just for you. It is for beyond you. And aren't you grateful that our father Abraham didn't settle? And I want to tell you this, and I want to leave you with this. Because our lives of faith are going to live beyond us. Going to live beyond us. And you are going to access the future that God has for you. Would you stand with me today? Would you stand with me today? Come on, if you receive this, would you just give the Lord a good round of applause today? Come on, can we let some faith be stirred up in this place? Come on, come on, let's, let's give the Lord a good round of applause. The best we're going to give him all day. Come on, just for a moment. Let's, let's, let's stir that up in here today. Just close your eyes for just a moment. I feel potential in this room, and I feel destiny in this room. I feel purpose in this room. I feel the people of God. And there are promises that you may think that are too big for you, but actually God has given to you because he wants to work them in you and through you. Yes, it is true. You cannot work them by yourselves. You were never meant to work them by yourself. And if you could work them by yourself, then it wouldn't be God. It has to be God in you. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But with faith, we do the impossible. And I want to speak those things in your life that as are not as though they were in Jesus name. And Lord, we just thank you that right now in people's lives. Come on. If you receive this, I just want you to lift your hands, right? As a posture of receiving. Lord, we just pray right now that you are making the crooked way straight in people's lives right now in Jesus name, that you are perfecting that which concerns your people. We thank you, Father, for divine appointments and divine connections, Father, that we will, the people of God, we will show the world that your promises are true, that you are not a God that lies. And we put faith in you, not in the circumstance. We give more weight to your promises. We give more weight, Lord, to your miracle working power today. Stir us up, Lord. Stir us up that the visions and the dreams that we're believing for remind your people remind your people today in Jesus name thank you father god just take 30 seconds before we close come on i just want god to remind you of his promises that he should. said to you he hasn't forgotten i know i know we have sometimes but you know what he has not forgotten today he's reminding you Come on, believe. But don't just believe. Act on what you believe. Speak what you believe. Say it until you see it. In Jesus' name, Lord, we honor you today. Lord, I pray for blessing so that we can be a blessing. Lord, I pray that businesses in this church are prospering. I thank you that this church is growing. Father, that we are entering a new season. Lord, and we're, we're holding on to you. And our faith is growing stronger. In Jesus' name, we will access the future that you have for us. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.